Welcome to Juice Podcast. I'm Gwen Douglas. I'm Emily Harmon. And here we are. <laughs> Today's episode, we're in, we're in my spare room. Um, we have a live studio audience today. His name is Ludwig. So if he barks, that's who it is. Wonderful. Bark, feel free to bark along yes. at those barkable moments. He'll be coming in and out, I think. So today's episode, we're doing no sulfate. Yeah, we both bought a wine each that is made without sulfur. And I think right. it's quite an interesting topic because there's been a, well, it's been a hot topic, hasn't it? I think between yes. uh, people in the trade and also consumers for quite some time now. Um, I guess that was all sort of instigated along with the natural wine movement, but by Isabel Legeron's Raw Fair, which made it so, um, I don't know, it made it, it made sulfur sort of the primary uh, factor in natural wine. I think it's just good because we get asked a lot about what do you think of natural... Right. We t- touch on natural wines. What do you think of natural wines? But, you know, sulfur, what does that mean? Everybody's got right, a lot of questions about it. there are just so it. many different sort of denominations of whether it's Demeter, if it's biodynamic, if it's organic, if it's whatever, that there are so many different certifications, no sulfide, low sulfide. Yes. That it becomes sort of depends where you draw your line in the sand. Yeah. And I mean, in terms of sulfur, also, I mean, there's the question of what is natural and, and what and what are the farming practices and is it a sustainable business model in terms of environmental, social, economical? That's all different factors. But the sulfur really is just one part of production. Right. For me, I mean, you know, we have to remember sulfur. Why do we use sulfur? Yeah, right. That's, good. that's that maybe my next part. question is what, what does it do in wine? Yeah, so we have two main points of what sulfur does. And uh, the first bit is obviously it's antibacterial. And um, Ludi's distracting me a little bit how he's like literally <laughs> sat. <laughs> yeah, and just sat right in front of us as well. Um, <laughs> um, so, yeah, first of all, uh, sulfur is antibacterial. So sulfur is used, used usually mixed down with water, diluted down in the cellar to clean uh, stainless steel tanks, the floor sometimes, rinsing bottles, all different right. things to kill any potential bacteria uh, and to work in a, in a clean space as right. well. We also need to remember that different forms of sulfur naturally occur right, in totally. a lot of the foods and, and drinks that we ingest. Right. We have sulfur in our own body as well. Um, so one antibacterial, two antioxidant, oxidant or oxidative. So, so is it used to sort of sustain wine for travel? Was that historically the yeah, and to protect it? So basically, right. when we add sulfur, sulfur's heavier heavier than oxygen, so it protects that wine from spoiling. Okay. As because as we know, if we leave a bottle of wine open in the fridge, it spoils. It starts to spoil after yeah. maybe three, five, fourteen days, whatever it is right. for the particular wine. Um, so that's why sulfur is usually added at bottling. Yeah. Obviously, then someone might ask, well, if it's keeping it clean and it's stopping What's it from spoiling, right. what, why would we not add it? So, of course, like anything, you can do too... You can have too much. Too much of a good thing, right, yeah, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, But equally, um, I think particularly today where wineries are cleaner than ever... Right. Um, ...and modern technology, the use for sulphur and the amount of sulphur is much less... ...if right. you're being super hygi- hygienic. And that also means not exposing to uh, the wine to oxygen at certain points... Right. ...in the winemaking process up to bottling. Bottling is a very important part, actually. Right. Because you can oxidise the wine just there. Just so if you're not working with sulphur, you have to be quite quick and clean... Right. Um, ...in when you're making certain decisions. You know, it's not a wine that makes itself. A no. person has to make those decisions. Right. 
I also think like for a while there was a big sort of hate on sulfur because people were like, oh, I'm sensitive to sulfur. I mean, I do think that a lot of times people are more sensitive to say to histamines in wine than they are to sulfur because we eat so many foods that have sulfur added as additives anyway as a preservative, like dried nuts and fruit that yes. are often at much higher dosages than wine is. Yes, and I, and I think there's still not enough data and research on both of these two things to even be able to say 100% this right. is the case. I've spoken to many doctors because I've, I've been told I've got a histamine intolerance right. or I'm low on an enzyme that breaks down histamine. So, um, you know, I have to manage my diet at certain times and, and also just sort of not drink too much. But, you know, has its challenges. <laughs> <laughs> when you work in yeah. alcohol. Yeah, yeah. totally. But, you know, and I know a lot of people that have that when you get uh, red cheeks or red neck and different, you know, headaches, Flush, yeah. migraines, even yeah, for totally, some people. Yeah. Um, and I think, again, we still need more data out there. And there are many doctors that don't know anything about either of those two things. No. <laughs> I was in South Africa and the, the doctor said, to, I went to the doctor, wasn't very well. And he said, I mentioned about the histamine thing. And he said, oh, maybe you've got a sulfites allergy. And I was like, actually, I really I don't, think, don't so. think so. Yeah. I, it's not, that's not usually a trigger, but... I don't, I'm not fully informed and I don't think anyone is and so as actually, well enough that would that be I know something anyway. would be nice that if anyone has any research or yeah. has come across any research to please send it our way because yeah. I'd be interested in reading it. We should ask your sister, she's a doctor. Yeah, she'll be like, hmm, things to look into. Why? Yes. For the winers among yeah. us. Yeah, <laughs> I would love to know if anybody does have actual scientific data on it yes, uh, or experiential know. knowledge also on it as well of, you know, I've noticed this and that. But it's not going to damage your health. But I do think um, there are times when sulfur is needed because I've tried a lot of wines that, that taste also, yeah. that were just very dirty. But then equally, I've had wines that have got way too much sulfur that it mutes the nose. And I, I, as we'll see with these two wines here as well, there's a, there is a lovely expression on the nose when it's done right, yeah. I think. Thank right. you. Oh, I don't okay, well, we'll start with mine and we'll pull the cork on that. Now yeah. I've got um, old Master Ludwig. Oh, he's going down. The Prince. Boy. The Prince. There we go. Shall I? Much better than the Tycho. I was about to say, Gwen. Thank God we're not at the shop today. Well, you've done your homework today, so you wouldn't need to open the... (laughs) Oh, no, it's kind of mean, isn't it? No, it's good. It means I do the homework, because I hate that opener. (laughs) This is tiny Ludwig, who's very interested in the Corvin. Okay, great. So, yeah, so actually, I'd already Corvin this bottle just uh, two days ago, so... It shouldn't be. So, the wine that I'm pouring now, just for the sake of everybody, well, listening, listening, watching, you can't see from this far oh, away. Nice so, uh, we have a rose from northern Greece, from Domain Ligas. So, it's called Le Rose, the rose from Domain Ligas or Katima Ligas. So, uh, from northern Greece, from mainland Greece, from the area or the region of Pella. Uh, so, not far from Thessaloniki, it's under an hour away. Um, slightly more inland, lots of uh, clay soils here. Uh, and this is 100% Casino Mavro, which is the name of the grape variety, which is not too dissimilar to Nebbiolo. It's my favourite Greek grape. Yeah. Um, and when I say not too dissimilar to Nebbiolo, when it's made in a red form, even in the rosé, you see it initially, it's got quite a savoury nose. Say, it has a meaty kind of yeah, for me, truffle, Jerusalem artichoke, and, Jerusalem artichoke and a lot of strawberries here. So you yeah, get this lovely probably. red fruit and aromatics. Um, but also this sort of earthiness at the same time. And then when it when it's made in a red uh, in in the style of a red wine, you get this lovely, obviously acid, 
um structure as well but then quite a good amount of tannins too so it's a bit like norello mascalese nebbiolo it's kind of greasy's answer to that or vice versa so i love the color too it's a really nice sort of antique rose it is but kind of it's, uh, it's like verging on peachy yeah it's, peachy pink yeah it's a really nice color it literally looks like what strawberry juice might look like mm. Ludi, what are you doing it's just leaving at the carpet weirdo he heard the word truffle he's looking for truffles <laughs> yeah so uh this wine uh goes through um well the grapes are picked um obviously there's a little period of uh, of skin contacts in tank and then everything spends a bit of time in old barrel just to stabilize the proteins in the tannin it's unfiltered unfined zero sulfur so no sulfur added here um, but they do do that that aging that passage through the wood just to help that stabilization to stop any potential problems in the bottle down the track for me this is like pure yeah. joy this wine it's the alcohol percentage of 13 yeah yeah, yeah. Well, it's delicious it's very like bright yeah and characterful like when you try this wine for me there aren't many other rosés that have this much to them like it, there's this lovely flavor and expression but drinkability at the same time as well yeah, it doesn't have that sort of like sometimes with southern french roses you get it more all over your mouth sort of in that back part this is way more in a line yeah in Linear. A house of describe, yeah. describe that yeah yeah what would you have this with it's a good question a sunny day. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. A rainy day. Yeah. <laughs> a friend. <laughs> yeah. Just being awake. Next, next to the plant. Um, Dr. Phil. Yeah. Is it? He's a philodendron. Oh, that makes sense. I I thought you come in here and tell him your problems. No. <laughs> um, yeah, I think, uh, yeah, for me, I would treat it with, I mean, do you know what would be quite nice? Just come, just popped into my head. Char-grilled, char-grilled quail with pomegranate molasses. Oh, yum. Oh, pomegranate molasses would be great with this. Mm. Totally. You're like, mmm. Yeah. <laughs> Roast chicken with cranberry sauce. Yeah. I even think it could hold up to a salad. Yeah. With a lot of, us, like, because there's enough, there's actually yeah. quite a lot of acidity. Salmon, oily fish, something mm. like trout or something. Oh, trout. Mm. Yeah. Oh, trout. It's been ages since I've had A lot trout. of trout here in Germany as well, isn't there? Especially where we any. are. Forella. Really? No, I like trout actually. I do and I don't. Like I also, I'm a bit scarred from when I went to this trout farm. <laughs> Did I tell you about that? No. So I went. <laughs> I went to this trout farm in the UK in the Cotswolds yeah. in Bybury. This beautiful, <laughs> picturesque town. Lots of painters and artists have have painted this beautiful yeah. space. Like it's a little. Honestly, it looks like a little place in Lord of the Rings or something. It's in this little oh, valley, cute. and there's a trout farm there. And I'd heard there was a trout farm, so I was like, oh. I'll be out for a Check bit of fishing. <laughs> Do my dad proud. Yeah. Fishing from a f like fish farm is not quite... That's how I learnt, because my uncle had a man-made lake in, at his farm that he spent a few years putting trout in. I mean, I don't know if you had the same situation, but it reminded me of being at a fairground and hooking the okay. ducks. No, it wasn't like that. You didn't even cast in. You just put a oh, no. little bit of bait on, yeah. and then you hovered it in front of the trout, hoping that they might Everyone's take a it. winner. <laughs> So then that I was like, oh, this will be fun. There were three of us. So, like, I go in, get the trout, and then it, if you hook it, yeah. you have to kill it. 
You what? have to take it home with you. Because oh. they want to cash in on the sales for oh, the fish yeah. as well. It's not catch and release then. <laughs> no, so I was like, oh, fuck, okay. I guess that's me for dinner. <laughs> yeah, no, so I was like, that's fine. So then I was, then he gives you the baton. Like, fuck, I have to hit it around the head. Okay. Oh, fuck. And I just looked at the guy and he's like, shall I do it? Said, yes, please. And then I was actually there uh, with Renee. Yeah. And he had caught a trout that was double the size of mine. And he's like, yes. I got the biggest one. I got the biggest one. And I turned, I was like, you realise you've got to kill it now? Yeah. Then he had to kill it. And he was there with his son. Oh, no. Who was like, saw him, like, fourth attempt, tried to kill this oh trout. Oh, my God. After that, his son just pulled his rod out and was like, I don't want to catch a trout. So then we took oh these back God. and cooked them. Yeah. And I remember the guy at the trout place saying, trout's got a really particular taste. So I gave the small one away to the woman who lived yeah. next door to the Airbnb. Cook, we cooked the big one, who was obviously who obviously died in stretch in stress. Oh, no, it was the weirdest tasting fish. Yeah, and, like, it was the weirdest tasting fish. Like, you it was almost like squeaky on your oh, teeth, weird. like cardboardy. It was really bizarre oh, texture, strange. and it, ever since then, my feelings towards trout. Aww, because it's one of the first fish I ever really like cooked by myself. Because I never, I, I don't know, we never really ate fresh fish growing up. Wasn't really something we had. A trout. Than, like, it's fresh if it's from yeah, yeah but i had it as an adult oh, okay. like in my 20s oh okay yeah oh i see sorry but like when yeah. we were kids so i did have trout when i was little little at the farm but then i was so picky that i would only eat the trout that i had caught so i would catch one tiny fish and i would be like you better put that fish aside i've got my eye on it i'm watching where we're going it's marked it's my fish and i will only eat that fish but i didn't have to kill it so all gut and scale i'll do that right and fill it but killing is, it is a difficult thing. I mean, I was like seven, so. That's fair. Thankfully, no one made me kill the fish. <laughs> I think now I could do it if I had to. I would, for, for sure. Chicken? Just with the head. I think that's how what? they do it. What? You just like hold their feet and pull their head, break their neck. Is that how they break the neck? I, I thought they can. twisted it. I think you can probably do a pull and <laughs> twist as well. If anyone knows the proper what, so you technique? step on the feet and then you just know. pull. I mean, most of what I say on this podcast or lies. So <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they're lies because they're not. Well, they're not intent. I think they're, they're not correct facts, but I don't no. think they're lies because I think <laughs> I when you say them, you believe how them. How polite, not correct facts. So not facts. But I don't think you're actively just <laughs> making it up. You believe no, no, it when you're saying yeah. it. That's why I say we've got the iPad. Yeah. We could check right now, but I think I don't think we should check we how won't. to kill a, kid, not a chicken. I, was about to, I don't know what I was about to say. Then it sounded really <laughs> weird. Kicking chicken. Yeah. No. That's bizarre. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's how I heard. Who knows? Talking, to, talking about animals, should we segue into the coronavirus? <laughs> no. no. I know, it's a hot topic. Well, hot topic. you wore your mask on the, plane. on the plane yesterday. There's a lot more people around wearing their medical masks, though, isn't there? Even on the street. I did it mostly because, like, after we were super tired, Lucas has had the flu, we had to fly, and that's always when I get sick. Is like flights after a moment where my immune system is. I have considered putting those. I have considered. I wear them often on the plane. Inside, I'm like a Japanese person. I do believe that. I could happily be living. If I spoke Japanese, I I wouldn't be living in Berlin. (laughs) I'd be in Japan. I love everything about Japan. So I would. I've thought about this medical mask, wearing them out in public before. I just think I. The main reason why I wouldn't do it, because I'm a bit of. You know, I'm a bit of a germaphobe. Massive. I don't even like sharing glasses with people. Toothbrushes, forget that. that. (laughs) But I think, yeah, you're much more relaxed. I have to be. I'm in a job where I'm like, I mean, I'm clean at work, but I have a good strong immune system, I think, because I deal with so many people. 
bleeding all breathing the time. Breathing all over me. Yeah, I think... I Although don't know. I do wear a mask at work sometimes, And too. you wore the mask on the plane. See, I would feel a little bit stupid wearing one. That's the only reason why. I'd probably die if there was a pandemic, because I'd be too worried. <laughs> my own, my look, ego would yeah. kill me. Vanity. Yeah, I'd be Death like, no, vanity. I'm not going to do that. It doesn't look so good. No, because like after, after the last time I was in London for work, and I was so tired after two conventions back-to-back, I knew it was that plane ride because I got a respiratory infection when we got back. And a lot of it is is just um, touching all the dirty surfaces People and then touching your mouth. Never just don't touch. Apparently, you touch your face like all the thousands time. of times a I have day. I say that's one thing that as a tattooer we don't do so much because you're constantly wearing gloves. You just learn to not touch your face. And you put the mask on, right? I do. So, not always. I only wear a mask if I'm close to closer skin. to someone. Yeah, then I will. And especially if I'm close to their if head. If it was a bum tattoo or something. <laughs> That's right. a yes, isn't it? I'm bringing this one back. In. <laughs> <laughs> That's interesting. Yeah, well, I'll be wearing my... my Maybe I, while I don't have a mask to wear yeah, for the plane. I'll so. have any here for you. If we were at the shop, I, would, I could even have some, with, I have some with flowers. I have black ones that could match your outfit. I think a black one's a bit of a fucking mistake. <laughs> if I'm worried about already looking... It's a bit weird if yeah, I wear a black your one. outfit. I know, but people are going to think I'm the Grim Reaper. <laughs> Mine had like an emoji face on it yesterday. Oh, yours was sweet. You said it was almost yeah. like those eye masks. <laughs> yeah, the exactly. eye. I did... It was funny because I was wearing those masks uh, because a friend was in hospital recently and I had to wear the, wear the medical masks because they were worried they might be contagious and just to stop the germs or whatever. And somebody who was there, like a mutual friend, said that I looked like um, a character from... uh, It's a character from Teenage Mutant Hero Turtles. Ninja Turtles. What did I say? Hero Turtles. (laughs) I mean, they are... They are heroes! heroes. (laughs) (laughs) They're also heroes. I'm lying too. What's the name? (laughs) And it was funny. Is it like... Shredder. Shredder, Shredder. yeah. Yeah, so So he was like, oh, she looks like Shredder. But then I thought, everybody does, not just me. Why is he saying that I look like Shredder? Because and I got a bit offended at first. I was like, "That's a bit harsh." You're like, "What are you saying about my eyes?" Well, like, no, but like then do you eyes? know why? Because I thought it was Krang. You know the little weird brain in the stomach, oh. the creepy, scary thing. Yeah, I thought no. he was saying you I look like rat, him. Right? The rat is Shredder. No, the oh, rat we... is the person with the helmet. Oh, almost looks like a like with a bob and wears the face mask. <laughs> it was then when I looked at, I was like, actually, that that's really quite funny. accurate. I bet you suck. There are probably many people that have. Crane's like, the guy that's like Generation X. Oh, and he sounds like he's burping the whole time he's talking. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> okay, what we're gonna do is we'll share a link on our Instagram account in our stories <laughs> when this when this is out. It'll be around. You can DM us if you want the link, but I'm gonna send the link to anybody who wants it of the many voices of Crane. It is like five minutes of weirdness. <laughs> If you're More into that, I've got what's it. what's happened here in the last yeah, five know, yeah. Generation X. It's really, honestly, sounds like he's burping. So I was like, I'm really offended. It's like, honestly, he's shriveled up little brain. It's That's bizarre. really funny. Anyway, okay. back to Zero Cell Phone. Hero Turtles, Ninja Turtles. <laughs> Ninja Turtles. Yeah. The dog's taking a nap. He's like, Jesus Christ, they're going yeah. on. So, yeah. Beautiful, pure style of rosé, full of character. And I think if this wine, just going, jumping back to the bottle, um, if this wine had been sulphured, maybe, and filtered as well, filtration's another topic altogether, um, we would, wouldn't have the beautiful colour 
no, this totally. like cloudiness, which I really like. Yeah, I like it too. Yeah, um, so don't be scared if you see haziness and also this lovely fragrant nose. I mean, yeah. it's, there's so much character in this and on the palette, the texture. Totally. If you were filtering this and sulfuring, yeah, you, you would get the same mouthfeel. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Okay, right. So, um, Very nice example of a nose sulfur. I thought you might like this one. Because yeah. I do think that sometimes when someone's talking about nose sulfur, then they give you something that's like mad funky and you're like, mm, I think this could have used a pinch. <laughs> yeah, hard and fast rule of, is like, you know, not all... You know, not all wine made with sulfur is good. Not all wine made without sulfur is good. There is good wine. Yeah, totally. In and every category. Yeah. Right. It's about yeah. finding the ones that... Yeah. If it's something you're really passionate about, not consuming sulfur, then try out a bunch and... I would say in this defence, because I know people say the other thing that should come up is the thing about the hangovers, right? Oh, for on. fuck's sakes. I have hangovers no matter what wine I drink. Sulfur, no sulfur. So if you're going to say there's I no hangover... I think it's the volume, isn't it, mostly? It's not... <laughs> No, but it doesn't seem to matter. No, when I drink eight bottles of wine, I've got a hangover. It doesn't matter where it's from. I don't mm. find that there's a big difference for me. If anything, I find sometimes if I'm drinking a lot of natural wine, that some of them have higher acidity levels sometimes. Yes, I would, I would agree so that. So then I get actually that. worse hangovers for the acidity. So it's like, pick your poison. Sometimes I can't drink as many wines that are as, as, as acidic. Um, I agree with that. This wine's not too acidic. But I think... Um, I would say, you know, like if you're drinking a bottle of Jacob's Creek or something. Yeah, of course, yeah. Um, I mean, after a bottle, I'm like, oh my god, like you, you don't feel, you don't feel well, like you don't sure. feel as well for it. Like this is yeah. very, for me, I would say I am probably the same as you, equal hangover. But it's mainly because I usually enjoy these ones more, so I just drink more <laughs> of them. Maybe I should reframe that because it's also like, I don't think I've had conventional wines like that in a long time. I think even when I am drinking well, I think conventional we're quite less filled, aren't we, really? Because I'm drinking, even if I'm drinking conventional, they're usually very nice producers that are yeah. not your yep. factory farmed, whatever. Yep. So maybe I don't, when I compare those conventional wines to natty wines, I'm not really seeing a difference. Is maybe yes, how I should interesting. Say that. Yeah. And I think in general, we're quite... We hand pick. I know you do as well. You, you're one of the few people I know that goes down to wine shops and picks things out off the shelf as well. Yeah, you know you are. Yeah, I love doing that. Lots I'll of people shop online it. or whatever. I buy my stuff direct through suppliers, get it delivered to me. But you're you kind of go around. You're like a treasure hunter looking for wine. But I think um, we would even if we buy conventional wine. Usually we're looking at high quality wine, totally. which at least means yeah. farming is farming practices right. are good. But yeah. So Gwen, what have you bought us? Let me get my notes out. Would you like to try and use the old... <laughs> no, I don't want to try. <laughs> don't punish me. That's fine. We right, don't yeah. want to break it, do we? No. <laughs> no, no. Even though I tr- I actually trust you to do this. I'm just going to watch yeah. on the film later. But I... So speaking of wine shops, I actually brought this back from Paris. Which were a nice little wine shop called Le Lieu du Vin. Le, and- Le Lieu du Vin. In Paris. And Paris is really a place for oh, low sulfur wines and no sulfur wines as well. So we were sent to this shop by um, a, a son that I know who works in Bordeaux. Her name's Margot. So thank you. Uh, the owner of the shop was amazing. So we went yesterday. Everything they have is natural. And we picked up nine bottles with him that I'm excited to try. So this one is it's from Nadia and Christian Charmasson. The region is Tavel. 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 I like to. Do we know where Tavel is? 
I it's do in but... Southern Rome. It is. The yeah. South of France. And rosé appellation. Yeah, so probably more known for rosé. I mean, one of the best rosés in the world. Right. Eric Fiffeling. Yes, Long from, Yeah. Oh, so good. <laughs> so this one is uh, 18%, uh, 50% Grenache, 18% uh, Mouvert. I can never pronounce that. On the one. back it says Grenache, Carignan and Syrah. Yes. Okay. There's a little bit of that. In and there. they've snuck the old Mouvert off the label. And this one says that it's, it depends on the year. They sometimes use sulfites and they sometimes don't. But this particular year, which is... 2014. They did not. Because it says no sulfites on the bottle. Okay. So they are biodynamic. No copper use whatsoever. They only use sulfur on the years that they need. And, uh, yeah. Oh, treatments consist of essential oils and herbal infusions. Because I remember I read earlier that they left Demeter because they didn't feel it was strict enough. So they opted for a different certification that's called Nature et Progrès. Okay. I mean, that's also, that's very interesting. This also links back to what we Well, Domaine Ligas are doing that too. So they are working biodynamically and they're moving towards permaculture at the moment. So that's that one step further past biodynamics where you're integrating a whole ecosystem around the vines. So you're allowing plants to grow up in amongst um, the vines. So sometimes... I mean, oh, so uh, is it things like plants that will give back to the soil certain nutrients that yes, say, so or they like might a, attract a certain insect, which right. then might kill off a certain pest. So the idea is, is you're kind of trying to reduce uh, pest um, uh, humidity as well, all these different things. So you're getting uh, almost like a, in the same system of creating like a forest yeah. like, rather than just like one monoculture. So it's it's actually really interesting. There's some amazing books on this. I think we touched the on this in a the bit desert. with um, Alessandra Barrow when she was visiting. Yes. Also the difference of how her vineyard looks compared to other vineyards yeah. in her area. That she has so and, many but plants she's not, and insects. Yeah, she's she not, doesn't work with permaculture, just... but she's, yeah, I think she's biodynamic, yes. I think. Yeah. So, but I wonder if with these guys, I mean, with biodynamics, you're anyway using these tinctures, tea, right, so, yeah. you know, like... The horn full of yeah, dung. And, and the... instead of even using sulfur in the right. vineyard, because of course we need to use sulfur in the vineyard, uh, or many people need to use it as an uh, antifungal. So right. after rain, you would spray copper sulfate mix. So that's what they say, they're not even mix. using copper. Yeah, but you can use, like, um, I import Domaine Ligas and also Jason Ligas' wines from Samos. Right. He uses garlic. So when you ferment oh, yeah. garlic, oh, it's it an antibacterial. Well, it's a natural yeah. sulfur, essentially. Yeah. So it's an alternative. So you're making natural sulfur. You also get rid of earaches with that. Toothaches, garlic, because it's an antibac- natural antibacterial. Interesting. Fun. So, let's so was, hop into our Yeah, tarelle. I was told this was very glue-glue, so I'm excited to have a little sniff. It's interesting, the nose. I think as well, because it's six years old, you've got this lovely interplay between really ripe, sort of like, almost like plummy, ripe cherry. But there's and then black this, current and... Yes, definitely. Almost blueberry or yeah, something. Yeah, I was going to say blueberry too. That's totally in there. But then you've got this sort of earthiness in the background as yeah. well. Yeah, it's giving me a little bit of the memories of your rosé with that meatiness. On the palate, you get much more spice, don't you? Yeah. That syrup starts to come through. Very high acidity, medium-bodied. Some fine tannins. What's really nice about this is you get these fine sort of supportive tannins, but the fruit is very present. Right. It's really... Yeah, it's a little more tannic than I expected. But Do maybe, you? I think it's less tannic than I expected, but... Maybe I didn't know what I expected. Yeah. <laughs> but there's lovely freshness with this It's really one. nice. Do you know what you have to be careful? It's like almost 14%. Is it? Yeah, it's it's 13.9. That's one that's trouble. You'd have to be careful. (laughs) Don't get led astray. No. (laughs) Down this little woodland path here. 
Says the Gewürztraminer drinker. High alcohol, low acid wines. Good for your tummy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a help. <laughs> Drink healthy. Yeah. <laughs> well, this is very nice. Yeah, no, very interesting. I think, you know, again, the appearance um, is quite cloudy. Yeah, it is. But it's also a um, very pretty colour as well. Yeah. It's quite, this is, you know, it almost looks like a tattoo label a little bit, doesn't it? It's got kind of a funny label. I mean, I, actually, if you look at it from afar, it could be a tattoo artist. Then when you get with it, it's kind of a basic drawing. Yeah, when you get up close, it kind of has like a... Maybe whimsical is the right word. Whimsical, okay. Because it kind of has like a... They could make it a bit more punk, couldn't they? They could add some uh, some knives and hearts yeah, and it's, daggers in her heart or something on there. Because it actually says... Balazo, balazu, balazu, de vaussières. Probably destroying that. Not what I've said before. But it's a uh, vin de France. Hmm. They're doing whatever they like. <laughs> yeah. I think, I, I mean, I don't know. I think this would be like a cool summer night right before bed. Chill or, it, and chill it down a little chill bit. Chill a little bit, yeah. Or order me with like a pie, like a sort of gamey like pie. I'd be down with that. Some good yeah. lard pastry and some something gamey in there would be good. What sort of pie? Probably like the one I had. I was about to <laughs> yeah. say. Would actually be good with this. Yeah, the clown bar classic. You know, I've been to Clown Bar maybe four or five times and I still haven't eaten that there actually. I've had the brains quite a few times. The brains are amazing. Lucas wasn't feeling very good yesterday when we went and uh I didn't want to eat the brains alone. The brains you could eat alone, they're amazing. Mm, we'll see about that. Gremolata, yeah. If you, I mean, Braver. Also, they have not made to, like, I think as well, more people would eat brains if it didn't sure. look like brains. Because it does come out and you're like, oh my God, that's just a brain on but the it's plate. it's kind of like when you first get, like, sweetbreads. You know, the first time I ever ate sweetbreads, I was like, I don't, want it. I don't want to eat it because I'm afraid of it. And then someone served it to me. Let tell me what it was, and I was like, this is delicious. And it's like the meat equivalent of a foam mattress texture. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I think it tastes like it's KFC this memory most of the time. Like you fry it, and it's just like... Delicious. I mean, that says everything about the quality. You're probably getting glands when you're eating KFC, aren't you? <laughs> probably. The gonads of the chicken. <laughs> just tiny chicken gonads. <laughs> that's all they... Didn't you know, Gwen, that's all they serve at KFC is fried gonads? I've never... <laughs> <laughs> like, and occasionally there's a toenail or something that somebody finds. <laughs> One chicken toenail and some gonads. It wasn't that funny, all that time... Like, the news reports about things like that when it was like... My, uh, my favourite Somebody was... found a finger in a oh can of Heinz beans. Yeah. And you'd just be like, oh my God, that would be awful. <laughs> Wouldn't it? <laughs> Terrifying. Also, who like... lost the finger? It's worse for them. I'm not worried about that. I'm just thinking I'd never be able to eat beans again. That would be a <laughs> crying shame. My favourite was everyone in England freaking out because they ate horse without being told. The rest of Europe is like, and what? When did that happen? A few years ago. Okay. There was like a big like... Oh, they were sneaking horse into our diets without us knowing. I know during World War Two, it was commonplace to buy horse meat because that was one of the meats totally. that wasn't rationed. So it was very common for people to eat horse then. I mean, I li- lived in a lot of countries where eating horses. Austria, they like the horse, don't they? I'm yeah, the Netherlands there. love the horse. Yeah. Here, they like a bit of horse. The French love a bit of horse. So they were all looking at the UK Horses, like, yeah. what you, what's the... I mean, you're, if you're complaintin about what's in your McDonald's hamburger, you should probably be complaining about the list of the other ingredients in there, not the horse. That is true. 
That is true. Yeah, because it was the... What was it? It was like it said 100% beef. But it that wasn't was the company like name. Exactly. <laughs> so clever. <laughs> I know. The amount of times like, people get away a winery with this. and just call it sulfite-free. Oh, my God. But do you know what, though? There are some idiotic... There are some idiotic things in the world. What was it? There was something... I'll just have to read this out because I saw it on the news today. And I shared it in my story. And it really made me chuckle. Right? I don't know if you saw it already, but I was laughing. Like, coronavirus meaning. Why are people calling disease corona beer virus? Firm speaks out. That was the headline. And I was just like, how can we not even understand... And it also the fact that this virus is a type of coronavirus, like many other viruses that we can contract, that we heal from. But it, it just made me laugh so much. That, and there's all these posts the about people think it's we, to do with the, the beer. beer it was just like, oh, my God, we're such a hum- like an idiotic species sometimes. And like they, they used to think that it was just that we had a lack of information. Now we have all the information at our fingertips and we're dumber than ever. Here we oh, are. No. And all those poor... Oh, <laughs> and on a sad note, all those poor people that are... Well, not the poor people, the poor animals, like the pets that have just been, like, thrown off balconies and stuff. What? So if they were scared that... Oh, my God. Like, you know, you can contract, like, it's passed human to animal or whatever. Oh, yeah. Also, oh, the amount of... Rest- do your research. It's like, these yeah. people have really invested in their pets, like, straight away, off the balcony. Not even, like, just off the balcony. Yeah. Also, Definitely the amount of racism here. has been... Ludwig living. would probably... Uh, Outlive everybody. Yes. <laughs> little chicken. But yes. there's also been a lot of racism because of the coronavirus. I know, it's People mad. have been, like, totally awful. It's like, come on, people. Let's drink good wine. Let's accept <laughs> that the coronavirus has nothing not, not to a do beer with corona beer. I bet a corona beer company is just like this. It's a nightmare. Yeah. <laughs> Why don't you just simple. play it to their advantage and make a funny commercial about it? Too bad the Super Bowl was, what, yesterday? <laughs> what, to say, like, drink a beer and you'll be cured or something? Something silly. Yeah. But that could be really badly... That could be easily mismanaged. Fine line. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Where the best jokes yeah. live, right? On yeah. the fine line. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, actually, this is quite a winner. I'm pretty happy with it. It's actually, like, softening up the more we drink it. It's not as... So, sort of gamey, more savoury notes are starting to come out. Mm-hmm. It's definitely, like, mellowing out. Yeah, agreed. I think this is definitely more on the natural side for some people. A little bit. Main, I think a lot because of the appearance. But I, really? I think, but I like it, but... Hmm. Maybe I just don't... I also don't drink that many reds, these, because of... I love yeah. the savouriness in this, though. Yeah. It's almost got this kind of irony, bloody kind of yeah, quality it, to also it. Also, it's mouthfeel, because it has a little thickness to it. There's sort yeah, of this, like, unctuous... Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's very nice, actually. Yeah. But this thing will knock you on your butt, I think, if you drink it too fast. I mean, when Just drink six bottles instead of eight, you'll be all right. (laughs) (laughs) All right, fair enough. So we're a bit of a fan of the old zero sulfur, but it's not a hard and fast rule. We think it's important to know your producers, which makes it really difficult for people exploring, but of course... And I think if you go to nice wine shops, like we did yesterday, to go to a shop that's yeah. mostly natural, when we asked, like, we only... I mean, I thought he had conventional wines too. When we asked, he said, no, actually, everything I have is natural. Yeah. Then you're already in the right place. Yeah. And ask the people there for advice, because that's yes. what we did. 
I think, um, so for people who are in London, I would look at places uh, like P. Franco, um, Noble Fine Liquor, Winemakers Club, uh, Quality quality Wines in Farringdon, Wine Rooms uh, in West London, even Bottle Apostle as well, they've got some bits. um, And if you're in the south of London, look at Divine Cellars as well. In Berlin, obviously, uh, Rocket, Viniculture, Eight Green Bottles. Fraulein Brösel. Fraulein Brösel. Naturalis, you can Na- buy. Yeah, from, wines. Um, from him too. Mosto, from yep. Olaf next door. next door. So there's quite a few shops around. Obviously, if you really want to know a particular producer, you can find us on Instagram. <laughs> Instagram at juice.podcast. Um, on Twitter at juice underscore podcast and on the website at juice.show where you can pick up a snazzy toast tote bag tote bag tote bag toast bag I mean you could carry toast in it if you like better for once yeah it'd be interesting to know how many slices <laughs> it oh, depends on the how many slices <laughs> how long is a piece of string that's not interesting at all I don't know why we need to know that forget that otherwise we'd love to hear about your favourite no sulfite wines and We'll see you next week. Yeah, and uh, just for those of you that are following or listening or tuning in, obviously please subscribe if you're on the audio platform or the video platform. We've got the YouTube channel, which is Juice Wine Podcast or Juice Wine Show. And and then on there you'll see underneath me um, there will be a little subscribe link if you want to click it. It's just coming up with the Juice logo shortly. And uh, if you want to check out another episode, just underneath Gwen. Boop! Just like that. Until next time. Cheers. Cheers.